Hello there and welcome to the Football Outsiders live stream and podcast for Thursday, March 16th, 2023. I am Aaron Schatz, Editor-in-Chief of FootballOutsiders.com, joined as always by Mike Tanier, and we are here to talk about free agency. It's amazing. Free agency has been going for less than 24 hours. <laughs> and we already know where so many people are going to sign. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> um, happy tampering <laughs> and uh we we know also a big let's let's start with the big quarterback move because even though it's not free agency it obviously was the like giganticest story because aaron Rodgers just sucks all the attention out of the room whenever he does anything <laughs> so it is semi-official that aaron Rodgers is going to play for the jets next year the jets and packers have not agreed on the trade terms and theoretically the Packers could just say screw it and not trade him, and then Rodgers would basically have to retire. Mm. Uh, but I think that they'll work something out, and Aaron Rodgers will be on the New York Jets next year. Yep. Yeah. Where, where were you during the great Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee? You know, the highest-rated uh, programs in history are like four Super Bowls, the last episode of MASH, and then Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee show uh, yesterday. Where were you when that happened? I was sitting at my computer deliberately not watching the Pat McAfee show, <laughs> but checking Twitter every five minutes waiting for the announcement that we all knew was coming. Like, we all knew he was going to say on the show, I'm going to the Jets. Yeah. We were just waiting for him to say it, just on the off chance that he said he was retiring anyway. And he said, apparently... Uh, that when he went into the coffin of darkness, darkness, he was 90% sure that he was going to retire. And then he changed his mind and decided in the coffin of darkness, he decided he wanted to keep playing. And so he will now play. He will now play for the Jets. He's going to get traded to the Jets and he will play for the Jets. And I saw this morning that one book had the Jets sixth in Super Bowl odds now. I have it up right now. The Jets are at plus 1,400. Chiefs are plus 600. Niners plus 700. Bills plus 850. Eagles plus 850. Bengals plus 900. Jets plus 1,400. So you're considerably below the Bengals in odds. I guess that, that's the Orlando Brown factor. Um, I mean, it's the Bengals were really good last year factor, honestly. Of course, obviously, of course. And, and you're second in your division in the odds because the Bills are at 850. I'll give you one other here. For division winner, this just posted recently because it was not here yesterday. AFC division win winner, Bills plus 135, Jets plus 200, Dolphins plus 360, and Juju Smith-Schuster and the New England Patriots are at plus 800. So, so you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you're still second in your division. And I think that that's too high. I think people, again, I've said this before, and let me say it again. There is an expectation that the Jets defense will either be as good or better right. than it was last year. And it is very, very likely that the Jets defense will not be as good as it was last year. Right. And that even, even if Aaron Rodgers bounces back a little bit from last year's performance, he's not going to be playing at an MVP level. I agree. I think that there's going to be a transition period, a getting to no period with these other receivers, with this offensive line, which needs work. Along the way, and, and they're counting on people getting healthy on the offensive line. There are a lot of factors there. So plus 200, I would prefer plus 300 or something like that. I'm going to click one more. To make the playoffs has just come up. Now, this one, I feel like 
the Jets making the playoffs in the world of, you know, three wild cards. That's a different odds. I've not even checked this yet. Jets are at minus 160 to make the playoffs. So that, that goes the other direction, too. There's not enough meat on the bone there. Yeah. I Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I haven't done full projections yet. To no. I mean, the AFC is stacked. Yes. But, um, I mean, thinking of teams that I think I, I would like more than the Jets – I mean, I'm still high on the Cowboys, you know, right. as far as in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still high on the Ravens if Lamar Jackson does go back. Right. For for the Jets making the playoffs, that's a different equation. That's a different animal. But the idea that they're the number six team to win the Super Bowl just seems like a little hyper. It does. And let me point out one other thing. The Jets are the only team with make the playoffs odds post the DraftKings right now. So they're not putting up odds for everybody else. They've got a giant New York fan base that just discovered legal gambling. I don't think it's been a year now, but they're still like this large group. So they're offering that as an emergent thing. They've also posted only for the Jets a regular season over under of 9.5, which in my head canon is right on the number of where I see them coming in. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Right, right. So, and that's at minus 130 to take the over. So it's almost like the, the books are a little reluctant right now to take too much action on this. And they're, being kind of conservative, which means I think the public is a little conservative in terms of their expectations of what this is going to be. I mean, it's hard to predict how good Rodgers will be next year because you have age and then you have Tom Brady. So you're like, because (laughs) of Tom Brady, does that mean age no longer applies or does age still apply to every quarterback who's not named Tom Brady? And therefore it applies to Aaron Rodgers and he's not going back to what we saw two years ago. And I think that that's accurate. And uh, I think one of the things with Brady was there was a resurgence when he changed teams as well. Right. And so there's an opportunity, I suppose, for that here. But um, I mean, Garrett Wilson is good, but this is not the offensive line of Tampa Bay. And it's not the wide receiver core of Tampa Bay as far as the other receivers. He doesn't have Gronk at tight end. He doesn't have Chris uh, uh, Godwin. Godwin. Right. He's got Garrett Wilson. That's awesome. But right. He'll have Alan Lazard and, and Randall Cobb and Jake Kumaro. He'll have all those. And it's also not, of course, the division of the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple of years right. ago. Right, he's got to compete with the Bills, who I keep having to remind Bills fans at this point are still really good. Yes, right. Bills fans have lost it. Like, I think the Bills fans are so frustrated that they can't get over the hump. Well, there are the history of the NFL is filled with teams that never got over the hump, but the history of the NFL is also t- filled with teams that never got over the hump until they got over the hump, like 2006 (laughs) Indianapolis Colts, right? Like, oh, Manning can't win in the playoffs. And then guess what? They were good every year, and they were good that year, and they finally got over the hump. He could. uh, You're right. And, of course, sitting here in Philadelphia where the Eagles are losing pieces, you're seeing some of the other contenders lose pieces. The Bills have not really suffered a lot of losses. Like Jordan Poyer returned to them. I know they lost Edmonds. Um, yeah. But they're not sitting there saying, oh, my God, the cap is obliterating us right now. I think right. Bills fans wanted to see Von Miller uh, 2.0 show up. That's not going to happen this year. They're holding serve very nicely. And that's a good position to be in when you're as good as they are. Steven Robinson says in the comments, and don't forget, of course, if you're watching us live at 1 p.m. Eastern on Twitch or YouTube, you can make comments and discuss with us. Steven Robinson says, I think there will be a few people putting the Bills third in the AFC East. 
because Miami and the Jets are making much sexier moves. And I, you know, I think he's kind of right, right. but it, they shouldn't be. The Bills are the best team in the AFC East, right? Like, I mean, they may not win the division, but they should have the best odds of winning the division. And they've got plus 650 odds, best odds for the Super Bowl, et cetera. But you're right. Those of us who are doing this and we're trying to promote a show. And we right. have it's much sexier to say Jets, 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 Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins. And then, yeah, look at the Dolphins, et cetera. And so that's that's kind of the game we play a little bit. I try not to play it. Aaron tries not to play it, but a lot of right. people do. And sometimes I do. Yeah, I'm I, I I'm playing it less because I apparently have assigned myself the role of number one Buffalo Bills cheerleader. <laughs> I'm not sure how that happened when I'm a well-known Patriots fan, but I, and, and that we were like the people who hated Josh Allen and all that. But now oh. I've turned into number one, Buffalo bills cheerleader. Like you've got to like smash crap in your back. Like they seem to have decided that Gabriel Davis is like awful. Like he's pretty good. Like they were like, Oh, we need receivers. We need receivers this off season. We need receivers this off season. Um, other than if Odell Beckham is fully healthy, there was no receiver on the free agent market better than Gabriel Davis. Like Jacoby Myers was the next best thing, or or Juju Smith-Schuster. Are you telling right. me those guys are really better than Gabriel Davis? They're a little different than Gabriel Davis. But what's the number I put in the re most recent block draft? I think they ran seven wide receiver screens the entire year. The team with Gabriel Davis, uh, who's McKenzie. This yeah. is a team that could put a guy like Naheem Hines uh, at wide receiver. So I counted if the guy was lined up at wide receiver, if that was a screen. So you can put, you can put Singletary out there and run a screen. They ran it, a t I think, a total of seven or eight times the entire season. Now think about this offense and how like lethal a receiver screen could be when you've got a stacked box. It's Josh Allen. You're worried about the bomb. You're playing 15 yards off. They just don't run them. And those are the kind of plays when you got guys like Gabriel Davis, just like, here, that's your get him the ball play. Get him the ball play. Get him yak play. And they, they just don't do that. Yeah. All right, we want to go through, we each came up with a list of teams, and these are not perfect, you know, to, we didn't go through and rank all 32 teams and, like, give numbers to the value of every free agent added to come up with our top fives, but we did each go through and come up with five teams we think have won free agency in, in this whole trading period, and five teams that we feel are really most hurt by free agency. So our top free agent winners and losers. So let's start with Mike's list of his top five free agency winners. All right. Well, we're going to begin with the Miami Dolphins. Wait, that, that's yours. That's mine. That's on my list. We're going to begin with the <laughs> – I was going to say, I don't remember saying that. We're going to begin with the Chicago Bears. I am, of course, including in free agency uh, the fact that they traded – down from the number one pick, added DJ Moore, added a series of extra picks along the way. After that, there is a degree to which there might be some overspending going on with Chicago. Here's the thing with the Bears. They didn't have any money to spend anything on anything. They had no players really worth extending. Nobody in-house was ready for the big contract. Not that they had no money. They had too much money. They have tons of money to spend on things because they weren't spending on any of their own stuff. Right, right. So you, they were almost at the threshold of not meeting the minimum. So you bring in DJ Moore, and maybe you overspend for Tremaine Edmonds, but you're getting a heck of a player in Edmonds. Now, are you playing a little more up front for him? Maybe. You've got that money to spend right now. They added Nate Davis on the offensive line. That's a move that I really like because I think he's a road grader. He's like a tone setter up there, and he can help them in both phases, the running game and the passing game. And if the goal this year is to build the infrastructure to evaluate Justin Fields, 
They did a ton of that. They did a ton of that this week. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I didn't put the Bears on my top five is because uh-huh. even though I know they had a lot of money they needed to spend, mm-hmm. I still feel like spending big on two off-ball linebackers yeah. is a weird distribution of funds. Yeah. As opposed to, like, edge rushers. I agree. Now, there's no ed- there wasn't a lot of edge talent. There wasn't a lot of edge available, but they could have gotten, like, a Menahu or Ngakwe. I suppose they can still get Ngakwe, and Ngakwe is still available. Right. Right, but um, it, and you're absolutely right. That's a lot on off-ball linebacker play, and I don't think T.J. Edwards is worth a considerable amount. But when you look at his deal, it's kind of just like a one-year deal. Yeah, he had good coverage numbers last year, so I'll give them credit for for right. that. And you know, I mean, that number one pick trade was awesome, and getting D.J. Moore in that trade was awesome. Who else uh, do you have on your top five list? The surprise team, the team I do nothing but ridicule, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the team that is has invented deficit spending has done a lot of very clever things. Now, earlier in the week, it looked like, oh, they're in trouble. They're doing their usual thing where they're extending all these contracts, and then they were losing. They lose David Anyamata. They lost uh, uh, Shai Tuttle. They lost Marcus Davenport, who's been a little bit of a disappointment, but is still a ball player that can help you. They lost a linebacker, Cade Nellis. And it looked like they were just losing all these guys, and all they were bringing in was Derek Carr, which is fine. They brought in uh, Khalil Saunders, uh, which offsets some of the losses there. I'm blanking on a name, but they brought in another defensive tackle who's like a, a decent defensive tackle to get into the rotation there. Um, they bring in Jamal uh, Jamal Williams. That's not a big move, but again, you're bringing somebody who can rotate with Kamara. You're not spending a lot of money on that. And the final, like the piece de resistance is you get Michael Thomas to come back. Yeah. Who and knows who he is? Yeah. But like he, now you get him on a one-year deal. One year, prove it, prove your existence deal. No more. We're paying you for the next five years. So if you you got a you got a little uh, bump of bruise, you can take the month off. Uh, uh, now you have to come in and play. Now there's a chance he's still nothing. But even if he's nothing, and they kind of determine that once and for all here, they're not paying him for 2024, 20, 25, 26 anymore. Right. So they either get the big year out of him or they get away from him. And that's that's the kind of thing that the Saints have to do as they keep working their way out of this uh, revolving debt situation. All right, who else do you have on your top five winners of free agency? We've do the Bears, the Saints, and the Houston Texans. Now, by the way, it's kind of easy to be like, oh, we're a bad team. We added dudes, uh, and therefore it's good. Um, but I really like the Shaq Mason deal. Um, that's, again, it's a, a logical deal along the lines of now we can bring in somebody who can help us if Bryce Young is our quarterback. Okay, And they get good talent for cheap. I don't love the Robert Woods move because I think he's done. Jimmy Ward is another super helpful. Bring a guy in, immediate upgrade, immediate starter, make this team look professional again. And there have been some smaller moves along the way that I think contribute to that. I think Woods is an interesting gamble, by the way. Okay. I mean, I don't feel like they're paying him that much money. And it's not like they're like, think he's some like the piece that's putting them over the top. So it's right. an interesting gamble. It is sort of part and parcel with a lot of what Houston does, which is they do keep seem to keep bringing in reasonable veterans, which is why last year I didn't think they were going to be that bad because they had a lot of reasonable veterans. It turns out they were that bad. But, right. um, you know, what's important for the Texans is the draft. What's important to the Texans is bringing in the young players. That's it. And they still have their two first round picks. It looks like things are lining up. If they really want young, that's who they're going to get. So, yeah, yeah I, and Woods, you're right. They're not paying him a lot. The worry is that it's consistently we're bringing in this veteran and he takes a job from the guy who could be developing. You know, no, 
no fifth round pick has risen up while they've been like, ah, oh, you know, here's Brandon Cooks and here's, you know, this other guy. Here's and, Barry Hughes and here's. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. right. All right. Who is next on your teams that won free agency? Detroit Lions. Ah, the hot in. team for next year in the NFC. Everyone's fave. Of the favorites. Doing what they had to do, they bring in Cameron Sutton. I'm blanking on who the other cornerback is, but they brought another cornerback in. So they were able to relatively affordably and quickly upgrade the cornerback room, which was the number one problem on the defense, I think, last year. And they can then turn around and they can use their two draft picks to upgrade things like linebacker. I know I, I mocked Trenton Simpson to them as a line off-ball linebacker who can do the things Fred Warner does. I think I mocked Jalen Carter to hit them, and he might be eating his way out of that uh, uh, opportunity. Yeah. But <laughs> one problem solved, other problem caused for Jalen Carter. Also, I mean, David Montgomery, on one on one hand, it's like you're the Lions, you have a great offensive line, just grab running backs. Montgomery is a guy who I think really fills out their rotation there that he can be like the third down guy, the big play guy in that lineup. And again, they did not pay a whole lot for him. Yeah. And uh, the one thing I think I'm surprised the Lions didn't pick up more veteran. I thought they were going to sign like a Bobby Wagner or Levante David to be that yeah. veteran presence at linebacker. And instead yeah. they brought back Anzalone. Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise. They have brought back a bunch of guys, which is a good sign also. Um, but yeah, the idea like the grr, the trend setting, you know, the tone setting SOB. Yeah, we might we might still see that. Maybe they feel like their trend, their tone setting SOB is in house, and yeah. it's just we don't know who it is. Maybe it's Malcolm Rodriguez for all we know. It, it, it could be the Sugar Man Rodriguez. It could just be it's Campbell who needs you got all the testosterone yeah. you Cam, need. Campbell doesn't need an ass kicker in the defense because he's the <laughs> ass kicker. That's right. And then your, your first team on the rise. Oh. the I went with the Dallas Cowboys. It was hard to pick a fifth team that I was really excited about, but I like the combination of the Gilmore move, uh, bringing back Leighton Van Der Esch, and it's just I'm kind of hearing her there. Like I almost felt like they might as well just keep Ezekiel Elliott at this point, but there's something sort of like closure-oriented about them realizing, let's cut this, let's save a little cap space, and let's move forward with Tony Pollard, and let's hope it's not B. John Robinson, or maybe it is B. John Robinson, but, but like – a younger and cheaper and more logical rotation. Running back. Yeah. Then I have a feeling it'll be someone lesser than Bijan Robinson. I have a feeling it'll be more of a veteran. There's plenty of them out there. Singletary is still out there. And right. Dante Free Foreman, Dante Foreman is still out there who was surprisingly good last year. Right. Uh, there's still plenty of guys. Um, reminder, by the way, if you're watching, please uh, make comments and we want to hear your ideas. Uh, if you've got a team that you think was a winner in free agency, please make comments on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, let's go through my five teams that I liked, uh, some of which overlap with Mike's. Yeah. Number one, the Miami Dolphins, mm. because Jalen Ramsey. Yes. <laughs> and David Long is a nice addition at linebacker. Good yes, point. they lost to Landon Roberts. And they lost Mike Gusecki, but Long is probably better than Roberts as a pass in pass coverage. And yeah. Gusecki, they weren't really using anyway. Right. And they kept their very reasonable economical running back tandem. They're bringing back both Raheem Mostert and Jeffrey Wilson and not for a lot of money. That's a good idea. That's a great way to just get stability without doing something just to do something. I like that. Uh, the New York Jets. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is an annoying prick. <laughs> but if we assume that Aaron Rodgers is probably 
a little bit better than what we saw last year, but not near what he was the year before. It's still a gigantic upgrade for them. Sure. Like the fact that the defense was going to regress was going to happen no matter who was playing quarterback for them. So they might as well go out and get the best quarterback they could. And other than signing Lamar Jackson, which is a whole other kettle of fish, why no team is interested in giving up two first round picks for Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, this was the best thing that they could do. Plus, I like adding Chuck Clark. Okay. To play safety. I think that when they give up like a seventh round pick or something for Chuck right. Clark, who's a good veteran safety, I think that that's a good move as well. But mostly this is about the fact that, yes, Aaron Rodgers is a jerk. And, yes, Aaron Rodgers may be there for one year, and then they're going to have to go through all of this again next offseason. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's an upgrade. It really is. It's an obvious upgrade. I just hate the idea that they're sort of in this place where they can't do anything except, you know, get guys from the wish list like Lazard, which I don't think are significant upgrades. And Clark was a good idea. It's almost like you found the other hostage crisis team and you like made a deal with them to get yeah. an upgrade. But I, I have a hard time. I just have a hard time putting them there because again, I don't see a, a long-term path to anything besides, Oh, here you go. Here's your, here's your 10 win wildcard season. Congratulations. You went through hell to get it. I put the uh, Texans just like you did. Jimmy Ward, Shaq Mason, Noah Brown, Woods, I think, may still have something left. Mike Boone is an underrated running back. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's a good one. That's a good one. Noah Brown is a good special teamer. Who also can play receiver for them. Now, what's interesting here is will they trade Brandon Cooks and what will they get in return? Oh, they're not going to get much for Brandon Cooks. I think they'll deal him, but I don't know what the market is for like this sort of permanently – not quite with the program receiver when you've already got Nuke who's going to set the market. Yeah. Although clearly because of Nuke's age, I don't think anybody's willing to give Arizona what Arizona wants or else it would have happened already. It would have happened already. Right. I think they want this big, um, you know, Devontae Adams type deal that won't happen. Um, I picked the New York Giants. Okay. Uh, Darren Waller is a little older now. But still, that is a big upgrade at a position where the Giants basically had nothing last year. Good point. And speaking of upgrades at a position where the Giants had nothing last year, Bobby Okarike. Okay. Because right. linebacker for them was a huge freaking hole. That is true. And, and that's one of the things I, I kind of overlooked on them. It's not going from your league average linebackers to getting a slightly above average linebacker, and there's a love, you know, a degree. No, it's going from like the worst linebackers in the league <laughs> to getting a slightly above li- average linebacker. Right. All all the guys who got injured in college but had good scouting reports who are still hanging around six years. I later. mean, I am not a scout, but I watched the Giants Washington first Giants Washington game in preparation for the second Giants Washington game. And oh my God, uh, I, why am I blanking now? Linebacker from Notre Dame. I know I'm doing the same thing. Smith, right? Yes, Jalen Smith. Jaylen oh Smith. my God, he stood out to me as what is he doing on this field? And again, like I am not a professional scout, but right. I, my eyes certainly were like, this dude is behind every play. Like it's yeah, really yeah. like he's slow. Yep. Uh, that's a, just a big upgrade for them. And Raheem Nunez Rochez. Okay. Is a nice addition, I think. And then I have never been a believer in Paris Campbell. Playmaker score was was infamously not high on him. But that's a sort of interesting addition. That was right before we went on the air. They signed Paris Campbell. That's a sort of interesting addition, too. So I think the Giants are doing some stuff. He's a a, he'll be great someday. 
draft Twitter binky guy. Uh, yeah, so let's find out. Maybe being on a new team, maybe this is the year he will be you know, not great, but, you know, useful. I'll say they. I think they did a, a reasonable job creating a Daniel Jones contract that made mostly sense, too. It's a sensible enough deal in this market to pay Daniel Jones that amount, especially yeah, when and say, and, and let and and franchising. I probably would not have franchised Saquon given the running backs that are available. Right. But my God, is franchising Saquon a better decision than signing Saquon to a long term yes. deal? Like, oh my God, <laughs> like so much of a better decision. Get one more year out of this guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then the last team I listed was the Washington Commanders. But with a little bit of an asterisk, because I still don't know what they want out of life. <laughs> like I don't want to buy too much into one year, mm-hmm. but Jacoby Brissett was really good last year, mm-hmm. and seems to me like if they make him the starter, that is a big upgrade on Sam Howell. Well, I mean, if Howell has upside that we. I mean, based on what guys taken in, what was he, the fifth round? Based on the fifth six, record of fifth round quarterbacks, like this yeah. is a big upgrade on quarterbacks. I, well, I mean, it's a big upgrade over Carson Wentz and Ty- Fire High Heineke. It honestly is. Brissett going in there as with his professionalism trumps anything Carson Wentz does. And with his sort of play within himself takes out that weird Heineke, like good for four plays and then you're fooled and then you have to sit through two games thing he has. So they're upgraded there. How I think people were penciling in how because the previous because they were not- saying it they were saying Howell is our guy Howell is our guy Howell is the quarterback we're giving Howell a shot right but they also at some point Rivera said something about you know a veteran could win the job it's possible so you know they were sending mixed signals about it right I'm not sure if this even takes them out of the Anthony Richardson market honestly no I'm not, not necessarily right right. Uh, Brian Knowles wants to know if there's any love for Carolina. Miles Sanders, Von Bell, Hayden Hurst, Shy Tuttle. Uh, I mean, I don't like Hayden Hurst as a signing that much. It's just a sort of a grab a grab a guy who's coming off his best year signing, in my opinion. I guess Sanders is good. Von Bell is the kind of safety you should be able to develop, in my opinion. And Carolina should not be signing 30-year-old safeties. There you go. And and you know, you lose DJ Moore to make this big maneuver. You really spend high to get. I don't. I mean, I understand the number one pick trade. I think the number one pick trade is one of those help both teams trade. It's what Carolina needed, and it's what Chicago needed. Right. But boy, they're putting number one pick in a bad situation to show what he can do because their receivers are like Lavisca Chenault, Terrace Mitchell, Ter- Terrace Marshall, Lavisca Chenault, and Shy Smith. Ooh. Yeah. If if this was instead of Bell, it was Jesse Bates, I probably would have been a little more alert, saying, "Oh, you added a nucleus piece, not yeah. a veteran." So that's you know. And Miles Sanders is nice, but for the most part, running backs moving around don't move the yeah. needle very much for me. Right, right. Patrick Seeley says Aaron Rodgers is a good pickup. Ha ha ha. He's not big on the Aaron Rodgers pickup. Zappy almost beat Rodgers last year. You don't make decisions based <laughs> on single games. <laughs> zappy stands zappy hive and you if anything that that zappy almost beating rogers was a statement about the patriots defense not a statement about being zappy and the level of like disorganization the packers find themselves in when they right. get into games like that well because yes. the receivers were going in and out of the lineup with injuries all oh, year right. and it wasn't the greatest situation in green bay last year that's right 
Um, we're going to move on to teams we think were hurt by free agency. The free agency losers. Losers. <laughs> All right, Mike, you start. Give me your free agency losers. Four Tennessee Titans. Um, I, you know, I guess it's – I mean, it is literally an upgrade to bring in Andre Dillard uh, because it's you're upgraded over like a sack of potatoes that was like sitting there at, at left tackle. But you're paying a lot to go get a guy who has been a bench – player an injured player a disappointment most of his time in philadelphia who's been sort of like the trade block guy along the way um arden key that's a nice little pickup but you had to get rid of bud dupree that's kind of a sunk cost in that case just a team that can't do much they're losing guys you lose nate davis you lose woods if that had any value and if you look at the lineup you're just like my goodness there's almost no it's just a bear cut they have no receivers by the way because not only did they lose wood cut woods but they non-tendered Nick Westbrook Akine. Oh my God. So their their top three receivers now are Traylon Burks, uh Racy McMath. Who? And I can't even remember who the third one is. If it's yes, not- Racy McMath, who? That's correct. Racy McMath. Mm, it's, like, it's like a stripper who goes up there with a protractor or something. Racy McMath, you know. <laughs> uh yeah the titans titans have not it's not been the greatest uh, <laughs> let's move on let's move on from racy mcmath who else do you have on your five free agency losers the mighty raiders who downgrade from Derek carr to jimmy garoppolo then have to trade darren waller who i mean i can kind of get from a salary cap standpoint like getting rid of waller although it sounds like this was an interpersonal problem involving waller's yeah. wedding which is red flags all over God's creation. And then, you know, and then you bring in Jacoby Myers, who I guess is an addition, but like you're, you're treading water sideways while downgrading at quarterback, yet you are not rebuilding. And it's just all of this is screaming. Josh McDaniels is noodling around on Mark Davis's money and like bringing They're in all desperate to go nine and eight. Yes. Yes. This is a team that's built, spending a lot of money and energy to go third place in that division or fight with the Broncos for third place in that division. Um, who else is on your list? Top the five Ra- free agency losers. The Ravens, who are kind of in this situation that they can't improve. They have to sit there with uh, the Lamar Jackson like money. Not just Lamar Jackson money for this year if he signs a tender, but some of the long-range money if he ever comes back and says, hey, you know, that hundred and whatever million, that we're going to go with that. Uh, that's all got to sit there. They lose Kalei Campbell. They lost Chuck Clark in exchange for pretty much nothing. And they're just in, in no position to really like build upon anything because they're just in this holding pattern. Yeah. Who else we got? Uh, who did I put for? The Broncos. I mean, part of the Broncos thing, okay, one is I think you overpay it right tackle for McGlinchey. You lose a big piece in Dremont Jones. The other thing I'm factoring in here is that we're hearing all these trade talks for Judy. We're hearing yeah. all these trade talks for Cortland Sutton. And if we're going to start dumping the receivers who last year at this time, we were saying Russell Wilson is going to be joining Judy and Sutton and Patrick and Hamler and uh, the, the tight end with the long name and everything. If you're going to lose these guys, what are you doing? What What's happening here? Are we going to have a good offensive line with no receivers and Sean Payton sitting there waiting for Russell Wilson to fail? I don't see the direction of that team. Listen to some Boston sports radio yesterday in the car. Okay. Oh my God! The thirst for Jerry Judy in this town. <laughs> they want those sports radio hosts want Jerry Judy in here badly. 
you've gone in four years from eternal champions to simping for like a number two wide receiver who never is healthier with the program. Just another NFL team now. We're just another NFL town now. Just another NFL team, NFL town, and and and, and some of these signings. You know, again, you're you're getting Juju at like his maximum price. What you brought up running? No, back. two years ago when he had like 1,200 yards would have been his maximum price. This was his maximum price. This is his maximum price, but you're still like getting him sort of at a, at a wholesale price. What running back did? was just added what running back to the page james robinson Woo! I, I that happened after i was listening to sports radio so i have no idea what the local response to is but you know that's a person who plays running back that's right yeah he who, may like, not even make the team honestly you know, he, may not even make the team. he might not make the team exactly it's just um, why bring this guy in when he was on like four teams last year and like that that six or seven games of magic isn't coming back guys i'll let you do your last one and then we'll get to steven robinson's question Okay, and well, my last one is your first one, the Eagles. I, I guess my problem with the Eagles is like we recognized here in Philly we're going to lose guys. It's this weird assemblage of you're losing some of the guys who you thought you had more value in, like Slay. Yeah. Har- Hargraves was gone. We knew that. But you're, you're keeping Fletcher, who seems like he's on the But apparently team. Slay is back. Slay's coming back. Good. I didn't hear this. They now but. say Slay. They've worked things out with Darius Slay. So Slay and Bradbury will be back, but – P.J. Edwards gone, Kazir White gone, Marcus Epps gone, and most importantly, Javon Hargrave gone. All right, Hargrave's gone, right. And you're keeping Cox and Graham. I love them both, but I don't think you're getting those years again, for, that year again from Graham. Yeah. Kelsey coming back kind of creates a whirlwind. It's, it's a confusing situation. Uh, Steven Robinson says, this free agency cycle seems to indicate the value of running backs is at an all-time low. Do you agree, or is it just because the market feels flooded with them? And the answer is both. Yes. Yes, the value of running backs is at an all-time low, but also the market this year was flooded with them. And when you consider the running backs that are available in the draft, even into the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds this year, like, you know, if you've been watching the live stream, you know that Mike was talking about the Senior Bowl, and one of the things that really stood out at the Senior Bowl was, oh, my God, how deep the class is in running backs who stayed through their senior year and are going to go in later rounds, but are good quality backs. There's just too many good quality backs. Too many good quality backs, and you're seeing you know Zeke getting cut. All this talk about uh, Davin Cook getting traded. There's been talk about Derrick Henry getting traded. Eckler, who I think has a little more value right now because he's sort of a quasi-receiver hybrid, he wants to trade. Everybody wants to move, and it's like nobody wants to make the moves. Teams just want to cut. I mean, Cook, the, the, the Vikings signed Madison to a deal. I think they would love to hear somebody say, uh, third-round pick for Dalvin Cook, he'd be gone, gone in 60 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I really feel like there's only a couple of running backs that people feel are truly, truly special, like CMC. Yeah. Yeah, and Henry um, at, his, at his peak, you know, when he's, you know. Right. Uh, Thordane says, any thoughts on Jalen Carter's pro day? Is this the start of an Andre Smith-esque collapse or just a weird moment that sticks out in draft news post-combine? The worst possible thing for a guy with off-field issues was to all of a sudden have on-field issues. Yes. The po- the Andre Smith poll is elite. I like that. Um, I think Smith just, it was just, wait, 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 if I remember correctly. Probably a little wait and weed, wait, weed, weed, wait. Carter, yeah, like this was he was about to flip that script because they had this plea bargain in place. They have, you know, messages from local law enforcement saying we would have charged him if there was more. We would have charged him. But, you know, 
he's a guy driving fast with a bunch of idiots, and that's what we're charging him for. So that was all set. Remember, there were whispers about him beforehand. I think it was Todd McShay who had whispers about him. It's starting to get this accumulation of guy not with program, and then not with program, and it's showing up weight-wise after two or three weeks. These are yeah. all like yellow flags that are that teams are taking note of. All right, let's get to my top five free agency losers, some of which do overlap with Mike's top five. So my number one was the Eagles. We gave the reasons why. They've lost a lot of players. I do think picking up Rashad Penny in for Miles Sanders could be interesting if Rashad Penny can stay healthy. He's got great numbers in history, like, you know, like surpass my offensive line, and now he's playing behind a great offensive line with a mobile quarterback who takes gravity from the defense and – Mm-hmm. Um, that could all be really good, but just the, the number of defensive players that they've lost is just a lot. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's frustrating. Uh, the Jaguars. Oh, okay. Jawan Taylor was, I believe, the number one right tackle in the league by SIS points earned last year. Really? Yeah. Now, like, is he the best right tackle in the league? No. Lane Johnson says that a big loss? I mean, right, that – so he did well in one stat in one year. That's nice. Yep. Is that a Kristen Wirf says hi too? Uh, is that a big loss for them though? Also, yeah, yeah. I think so. And Arden Key, and they've got nothing. They've picked up nothing. That's true. They have picked up nothing. I feel like that they can get. Actually, it's tricky. It's hard getting tackles in this draft when you're on the back end. You're getting a lot of question mark tackles. You know, I think I've I've drafted. I think I've mock drafted Darnell Wright. They have Walker Little. They could have Walker Little step in at right tackle. They took in the second round a couple years ago. Did he look good at the end of the season? I don't remember. He was kind of a mess when we saw him in his first year. He was a real project. Anyway. Um, The Indianapolis Colts. Okay. They lost Gilmore. Mm -hmm. They lost Okarike. Oh, yeah. They did add Samson Ekobom. Ebukam? Ekobom. But here's the thing for me. I can't believe they signed Matt Gay to like the highest kicker contract ever or something. Like, I mean, I know the analytics guys in Indianapolis. Certainly they went to the coaches and told them, guys, there is no consistency in kickers who are not Justin Tucker. What are we doing here? Right. Like, was Matt Gay? Matt Gay, I voted for Matt Gay first team all pro last year. Wow. But he was the number one field goal value by Football Outsiders value. Okay. That doesn't mean he's going to be that the next four years. <laughs> right? You don't vote for all pro based on who should have the best contract for the next four years. You based on who had the best 2022. Yes. He yes. had the best 2022. But you thank yourself for that, and then you move on. Like, I'm just like, what a weird signing. Although not yeah. as weird as the Vikings giving the largest contract ever to a long snapper. Oh my God, that is odd. When they've been trying to cut costs elsewhere, well, that was one, other, one other thing about the Colts: you lose Matt Ryan, you release him, but there's a poison pill on the contract, so twelve million dollars lands in your uh, on your salary cap and in his pocket. So good for you, Matt Ryan, but like you can't even like get a clean exit strategy there. They're fourth, right? They have the number four pick or something. One, two, three, four. Yes. Yeah, they they're can, they're getting Anthony Richardson. That's what's happening for the Colts. They could wind up getting leapfrogged if a team likes Richardson they could wind up with Levis or as I surmise they might like Levis which heaven help them they like to overpay kickers anything's possible uh the Ravens were next on my list we talked to them about already they lost Chuck Clark they lost Ben Powers they haven't added anything yet they're hamstrung by the Lamar Jackson situation yes 
and the Rams. Yeah, uh, the Rams lost Jalen Ramsey. It's not good. That's a not bad one. <laughs> That's um, bad. You know, uh, the Rams they lost Matt Gay. I mean, again, I I think they could pick up a rookie in the odds. There is a reasonable odds the rookie will be just as good next year, but. If you look at the players that haven't been signed by other teams yet, but that the Rams likely do not have the money to bring back, it's okay. like their whole secondary. Oof. It's Troy Hill, Taylor Rapp, David Long, plus Bobby Wagner had to get cut. Like they have just lost a lot on defense. It really is like Aaron Donald and the Who are these people <laughs> left. Like and, and the and Leonard Boy, some- they're number one. Uh, their number one pass rusher right now mm-hmm. is Michael Hawk. Hecht Hawk Hot Hot. I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name. R- Racy McMath. The 300 pound former defensive lineman from my alma mater, Brown University. Yeah. Now I'm very happy about Michael's success in the NFL. Ever ever true to Brown, but let's <laughs> let's not be kidding ourselves. He is not a number eating. Perfect world, he is a number three edge rusher who also can kick inside. He is not your number one edge rusher. Right now, he's the number one edge rusher for the Los Angeles. One thing I'll say about this is one thing, neither was put the Buccaneers on this list because the Buccaneers are shedding salary. This is the reason I didn't put them on the list. Buccaneers are shedding salary in this very uh, intentional way. Like they're going out and saying, we're going to get Mason, send him this way. Donovan Smith, we're sending him this way. We're not renewing this. Goodbye, Fournette. That was fun. Obviously, Brady's gone. We're keeping Jamal Dean, and we're doing these other things, and we're trying bringing in a quarterback. Very intentional, like controlled burn for the salary cap. The Rams don't seem to have as like coherent a plan for saying, "Well, this is going to be our stink year," but we're, we've got a plan for doing it. Rams are just like, "Oh, well, we can't pay these guys," and uh, you know, we'll we'll see you in the third round of the draft. The Buccaneers uh, re-signed Levante David to a one-year That's contract, which surprised me. Like that makes me feel like Levante David's family did not want to leave Tampa. That's right. Like that makes me feel like Levante's David, Levante David's wife sat down with him and said, honey, (laughs) you have a ring. We don't need any more money. The kids really like it here. Yeah. We just stay. That's it. When they're older and it's the pull the kids out of school factor then you can get a, the discount. Like you can't, I'm not pulling the kids out of school, honey. Right. I mean, either you pull the kids out of school or you live without your kids for four months. Right. Right. Or you retire and say, screw it. So like, oh, well, one year, this many million, I'll do that. The other yeah. time, and, and it's like the, the old joke among GMs is like, if you're trying to call for the extension before he's a free agent, call when the wife's painting the nursery. It's hard for me <laughs> to imagine that there's not a contender out there like Detroit that would have wanted to have Levante David on a one-year deal. Right. So this right. really feels like, uh, I got a ring already. Let's just stay in Tampa for a year. Right. Brandon, I'm, I'm comfortable here. It works. I like Brandon, Todd Bowles. You know? Brandon, Graham's, Brandon Graham's probably a similar situation in Philadelphia, combined with the idea that when you start getting business ventures at the age they're in, where, you know, right. you're, you know. You, well, the difference is Philadelphia is a Super Bowl contender and Tampa is not. True. But they're, but they're on their way yeah, but yeah, a, Brandon Graham probably has enough business ventures in Philadelphia that like leaving for another city would be a bitch. He's got those primo Hogue Kogi endorsements. You don't want to lose those. I'm sure Levante David has crab cake endorsements or something. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. What do they endorse in Tampa? Hoagie, okay. uh, uh, Stogies, not Hoagies, Stogies. Stogies. 
Is that Tampa is a cigar endorsements, I guess. Okay. We're Cuban sandwiches. <laughs> um, all right. Remember, if you are watching this fun live stream or listening to our podcast, of course, you know Football Outsiders has been a leader in football analytics for 20 years, and you need to make sure you join FO Plus to get access for it all. We didn't talk about the FO 100 on this live stream because we were talking about the NFL and not the draft, but of course, it is your number one thing for the draft. Deep dive on the top 100 prospects from Mike, plus the Fantasy 40, which is our top 40 skill position players. Plus, you get access to all of the new back-end products that we are working on. All of the stuff in the fantasy research section and all of the stuff in the DVOA database and all of the content that is subscription only. And the $4.99 a month that you can spend on an annual membership right now is the cheapest that FO Plus is going to be this year. And, of course, you also get FO Almanac 2023, plus access to all the previous editions if you want to read all the nasty things we said about Josh Allen that turned out to be wrong. So lock in the best price of the year for FO Plus right now by going to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. All right. We will be back next week with, I don't know, more free agency response. Pl plenty of news. Plenty of guys left. Plenty of news breaking in the National Football League in the next week. We might have a Rodgers trade. Yeah, he might actually get traded Official. to the New York Jets. Yes, yes. Breaking news. Sources indicate that might happen. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for joining us. Have a great Friday and a great weekend. We will talk to you next Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern. For Mike, I'm Aaron. So long, everybody.